For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. How are you doing? It's episode hey there. <laughs> episode two hundred and forty four of Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Um everything's fine. We're all fine here. We're we're fine. How are you? We're all fine here. How are you? What's your operating number? Uh so we are here to talk about Star Wars. And uh, stave off the, the tide of impending doom and anxiety. As I sit here with one of my t-shirts ninja style folded around my head, can of Lysol in the other hand, I uh, we're going to bring you a little entertainment. Bruh. Maybe take your mind off of uh, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, man. A little if escapism we can... for a minute. If we can do that for you guys, then I will consider us a successful podcast this week. Because I know um, this week podcasts have been a particular brand of soothing and, uh, like Will said, escapism. So sit back, uh, enjoy a libation of your choosing. Go ahead and Roll take something. a load off, relax <laughs> on the couch. Roll something. A hard day of stressing out on the couch. Pop open a bottle or a can. Enjoy a nice soda pop if that's your thing, or a snack, and uh, hang out with your boys. Halls and Will try to take your mind off things for a little bit. Uh, so we're going to talk about the end of the Bad Batch arc and the Skywalker Legacy, the uh, making of documentary that was included in the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray or uh, digital release. And also, we're going to hear from, uh, frankly, a whole bunch of you guys. And uh, I think that's because a certain beautiful someone who was seated somewhere behind me on a couch was up to some shenanigans this week. So, Uh-oh. <clears throat> anyways, guys, if you enjoy our podcast, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. 
Check out our YouTube channel. You can just search for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, and we could should show up where you can subscribe. Uh, there'll also be a link for that in our show notes. We have a Patreon, if you're into that sort of thing, where we post um, bonus podcasts. We just put up an episode of Star Wars Year by Podcast uh, with me and our buddy Steel. That's actually the newest episode of that's on our regular feed, too, for a little free tasty taste. And uh, see what you think. We got a Masters of Harvest Cossie with King Tom Banked. That is killer. That's coming up in the next few days. Uh, we have a Hall Solo coming your way. And what other shows are on the Patreon? Uh, Cooking with Will. Um, Blue Harvest Adventures. Podula Rasa, which I believe we'll be recording sometime soon. Um, uh, Jaws, which... Jesse's out of work for the next few weeks, so I bet you we'd crank a few of those out if I would, if I had to guess. Gonna get a Jaws two, three, and <laughs> Revenge of the Four, or whatever it is. Yeah, the real good one, the one that I consider to be over, or uh, not overrated, underrated, will be the one that Jesse and I record from in three D at an aquarium with Dennis Quaid. <clears throat> so look forward to that. Uh, if that sounds like something you're into, check us out at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, and I think that's it for the business. So buddy last, what day was it? Friday. It was the night that King Tom and I were going to record masters of harvest. Kasi wrapped up my work for the night and messaged King Tom. And I was like, Hey, if you're ready, I'm ready. You know, sort of scheduling things out. And just before I start setting everything up, I look on Twitter, and what do I see? People are like, holy shit, the Rise of Skywalker is up early, digitally. And I was like, oh, really? And, you know, leading up to that, because of the uh, public health crisis that's going on, people had been on like social media being like, hey, Disney, if you want to release Episode Nine early digitally so all of us stuck at home have something to do, that'd be real cool. You know, people going at Nintendo being like, release Animal Crossing early. You know, you're seeing a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned if Disney didn't do it. They released uh, The Rise of Skywalker a whole, like, four days, four or five days early. That's awesome. So I jumped on my Voodoo account real quick just to see if it was available for me. And when I looked... Voodoo. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite into my veins. That's her goose pain right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I jumped on my Voodoo account, and sure enough, it was there. I couldn't watch the movie yet, but all the special features were up. And then, you know, later that night when I went up there, the movie was available. But the thing that was of the most interest to me personally, um, you know, immediately on release, the very first thing I watched was the making of documentary, the Star, uh, the Skywalker Legacy, which is uh, man, it hit me right in the field. Oh my god, dude! Within and like obviously, I was I've been very stressed, like many many people around the world have been lately. So I'm sure that added to this, but within two minutes, crying, watching it the first time. Then today I was like, oh, Will and I are going to watch that 
or we're going to discuss that. I should watch that making of documentary again. Two, three minutes in, crying. It is. So I personally, I don't feel it's the best of the new making of documentaries, but it comes damn close. I still think the director and the Jedi from The Last Jedi's Blu-ray and digital release is probably the best one we've gotten. But this is real good. It's real good. And in fact, it way outclasses the one that um, came along with The Force Awakens. I thought that one was sort of just so-so. You want to know something funny? It made me miss Uncle George. <clears throat> yeah, man. <clears throat> made me miss him. And you know, I'm you know, I don't know what about it. I guess just seeing him talk about Star Wars, making Star Wars, and and in the earlier years, talk about it. Right. You know, it's, to me, I don't feel like I get to hear him talk about it without a tinge of bitterness. But you know, in back in the day, he was just explaining the process, basically. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, whoever cut together this documentary, like, knows how to cut together making of stuff with archival footage from, like, the making of the original trilogy. Like, it's done so well. And includes some footage from the making of the original trilogies and interviews and stuff that I've never seen personally. Now, I'm by no means a you know, like a Star Wars archivist. I, I don't, I haven't seen everything by any means, but. You're an amateur archivist. Yeah. I, like I mean, I'm not calling you amateur, but you know what I like, Right, I know what you mean. know your shit. And so th- th- I thought that was really cool and how it opens up with them filming the sail barge scene uh, at Buttercup Valley and the uh, spectators were there. That's kind of a legendary piece of, Star Wars lore is since they were filming out there, people came and just watched the filming while it was going on. And they're interviewing some people and they're like, man, I can't wait to see what this looks like. And one guy says, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when you guys finally finish all nine movies. Yeah, he's they're standing out from a filming set talking yeah. about, oh, Billy D. And uh, they're like, oh, I can't, it's going to blow my mind, you know. Yeah. I don't even know if I'll be able to handle when you get the ninth film out there. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think like I don't Woe know. be unto you, seventies nerd. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I wish I wish we could find well so that would have been like nineteen eighty two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Early eighties. Um, I wish we could find that guy and see what he think thought of the prequels and the sequels and stuff. I hope he's I'm still sure really militarize <laughs> our moisture climbers, they'll track him down. And they'll be like, Yeah, that's my uncle Don. He's got a giant Jar Jar tattoo. <clears throat> that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, I just, I really thought they did. Now, is it a warts and all feature? No. But no. we're not going to get that. We, you know, no. it doesn't go into the Colin Trevorrow thing at all. It doesn't go into the fact that the, this production was incredibly rushed compared to even The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, but I do feel like it gives you at least a good insight into some of the creative thought behind some of the decisions and the process. Like there's a lot of cool technical stuff, I think in this documentary and it's just getting to see some of the writer's decisions about, you know, why they made those decisions. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was helpful, but it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. It still doesn't, you know, win me over to the whole Ray is a Palpatine thing. That's never going to be my favorite 
aspect of that character's story. Luckily enough, I like the character so much and I like her end destination so much and her journey. It's just that one little page in her story I'm not a fan of that I can, for the most part, look over it. But there's this one part where they're talking about the Sith dagger. They're like, how do we make, how do we figure this Sith dagger out? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, you motherfuckers don't even know how this works out. I'm sitting here in the theater being like, that's it. Like, that's how it works. And like, they, they didn't even know how it worked for a minute. Like, yeah. And well, I mean, that's just, I think that is just a testament. I know that's part of figuring it out. That's the creative process. I get that. Right. For sure. But it's also, I think, a testament to how rushed this movie was, you know, like, when you really sit down and look at the timeline of how quickly it came together. And then, you know, you hear things from like, uh, JJ's main editor being like, I wish we had more time. You know, this, we, they essentially had, I think she said six months less to make the rise of Skywalker than they did the force awakens, which is a significant amount of time when it comes to it. Like, so the Aki Aki scene, seeing them rehearse uh, and put on that scene was incredible. The the technical marvel that was pulling off shooting in Jordan, they had people out there for like months just setting up infrastructure and and um, you know like bathrooms and places for people to rest and get food and all this like it's really impressive and watching that now. Granted, I haven't watched a ton of like making of Marvel movie documentaries. I don't even mm-hmm. know how many of those there are out there. But watching that really sort of cemented in my mind what for me personally makes Star Wars just a tad bit special because with Star Wars and who knows to the extent that they'll do this in the future, you know, cuz it's very expensive to do this sort of thing. But with Star Wars, if you want a desert planet, like they go out to Jordan and they build all this crazy shit. And they spent with a Marvel movie. If the Guardians of the Galaxy go to a desert planet, it's like a green screen. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, on one hand, you could say it's J.J.'s influence because he very clearly, when he came on board for The Force Awakens, was like, you know, the whole real sets, practical effects thing. Right. But that is not something that they have strayed away from in the other movies. They did that in all the other movies, probably a little less on Solo, given the problems with its production. Right. But with every other movie, real locations, The Last Jedi, all of them, they've gone to these incredible places. Uh, You know, they went to Dubrovnik for the Canto Bite stuff. So... I don't know. I think it's just that extra little bit of detail and realism that just makes it a little more. And I love the Marvel movies, but makes it just a little more special. The size of the Kajimi set, Mm. you know, incredible. And the fact that Mark Hamill could pick up on the Japanese influence in the architecture. Yeah. I did not know that man went to high school in Japan. Neither did I. I had no idea. And I was wondering, I was talking about it with Jesse today. Like, I wonder if that's because his family was in the military or something. I would, I would imagine, like, if I had to guess, that would be my yeah. guess. But yeah, the the whole Kajimi set was like the basis for the idea was very Hidden Fortress Kurosawa inspired, and I love right. to see right. that pop up in Star Wars because that was the original one of the many original inspirations for Star like, Wars. 
seeing Mark Hamill poke around <laughs> behind set. You know, I love like, that. Love that. Love it. Just being his quirky self, telling the story about oh how on the original ones he was never really in his trailer. He was always in prop department. You know, helping Stuart uh, Freeborn uh, pour green foam for the Yoda puppet. Like it's just... who looks like Yoda. It was he oh, the yeah. model for Yoda. Oh yeah, he famously sort of modeled Yoda as a mixture between himself and Albert Einstein, I believe. Because if you look at that guy, you're like, oh, oh he that's looks what like Yoda, Yoda would look yep. like if he was a person. Yep. Um, I love that part. You know who ended up being one of the stars of the documentary for me was the lady Eunice, who was the yeah. stunt coordinator. Stunt lady, yeah. I thought she was awesome. She is an explosive amount of energy. She, you know, how George Lucas's sort of mantra on set was always faster, more intense. Yeah, and that's what she was saying. That's her. She is faster and more intense. It was funny the when Ray, I mean, uh, Daisy Ridley was like, I guess she was like, do you think you did that one the most intense? And she was like, if you want me to be more intense, just tell me to be more intense. She's like, yeah, yeah, do that. Be more intense. Yeah. I was like, George would love it. Yep. He would love it. <laughs> I like this lady. <laughs> she gets she it. She knows. She gets it. Um, And then seeing like the old footage of Harrison Ford and Carrie... Oh, dude! You know, like you were saying, perfectly cut in there. Mm-hmm. Billy D, done. dude, Billy I got goosebumps when it came to the day on set where JJ was like, "I'm so excited to reintroduce to you guys Lando Calrissian himself, Billy D. Williams." And then he walked out on set. Oh, so great! And um, one of my favorite things to see in like a making of documentary is the cast members fucking around and being friends with each other behind the scenes. And they showed us a lot of that with um, the original trilogy cast and with the new guys. It was so good. I love that stuff. Um, One of them was really funny. They actually, it's how they kicked off the panel at Star Wars Celebration. It's them and the Falcon. It's Han, Luke, uh, Chewie, and Obi-Wan. And it's like the whole... If we don't get the precise calculations from the Nava computer and Harrison's fucking up the line and the next time you watch, watch Alec Guinness's face. He is so irritated. He is, dude. He's like, so irritated. Like Harrison and and Lou, uh, Mark Hamill are just like goofing off and having fun and Alec He's Guinness. like, bounce through a supermarket. <laughs> and Alec Guinness is like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a fucking. I was in the bridge over Wizard Rip Wizard River Kwai. The bridge over Wizard Kwai is the name of the episode. <laughs> Seventeen minutes in, we got it. New world record. <clears throat> um, it was really good. Uh, I what was funny was listening to was it? It's Eunice, right? Mm-hmm. Tell the story about kind of going at not going at it, but having the conversation with Adam Driver. Like, you got to be intense to hold his, match his level of intensity. And she was basically like, you know, she was like, look, do it, do it like this. And he was like, no, Kylo no. Ren wouldn't do it like that. Exactly. He would do it like this. I, I, and like, that's cool. You own that character. But like, and she, she was basically like, look, if you don't do it, I'm going to put the stuntman in. And then she was like, and he did it. He did all of it. Yeah. Well, I that, was like, that's what I thought was funny is like she said she sat him down and was like, well, so this is the stuff we think you can do. And this is the stuff we'll have the stunt people do. And he's like, no, I do all the stuff. And she's like, well, we'll see. And he was like, no, I do all the stuff. And I'll tell you that endeared me to the dude. Yeah, because 
he's got ownership of it it's on it, every level it's pretty clear that of all the sequel trilogy cast members like i think they'll all get work and they'll continue to be successful but i think he's probably destined for a pretty different trajectory career-wise like meteoric I think, yeah i think we're already seeing that you know um and for him to take his role in star wars so seriously i like to see that you know what i mean like yeah. i like to see the dedication and not just be like oh, it's star wars like i don't have to give this my all it's a kid's space fantasy i just gotta sling this thing around <laughs> um but yeah I, I enjoyed that part i thought the stuff with leia was nice it was it was sad um you know her daughter billy lord talking about how this is either her a gift from her or her way of making us have her star in the movie it's probably both making sure it's all about her probably both yeah um, um you know i i started watching rise of skywalker earlier today i had to stop uh maybe a third of the way into it but i got to see a lot of the of a lot of the leia footage again uh-huh and it sits a little better I don't know what about it. I think it's because you only got to see it once in theaters, right? Yeah, that was my second, the beginning of my second yeah. watch. I think it's probably because that initial shock and that initial, because like for, for what, three years, two years, we talked about like, how are, how are they, they going to pull this it? off? And then we know how they're pulling it off. So we're super hyper aware. And I'm that's, super aware that those lines weren't matching up, but then when I watched it this time, I was like, "This is fine. The dialogue is fine. It matches up. Like everything yeah. is." I was a little critical at first, but I, and I can still see the seams, but it it flows a little better on my second watch. And I think maybe it's because it is the second watch. That first one felt so breakneck pace. Yes, you know, like, and it's still breakneck pace. It don't is. get me wrong, but I know what's coming, so I can process. You know, my processor can can keep up. And my mind was just spinning the first time I watched it. Yeah, and and that's something I noticed watching it. I can't even. I saw it either seven or eight times. I think seven. I can't remember. Um, watching it in the theater a bunch is the Leia stuff did start to feel a little more seamless. Um, what I think will be fascinating will be say like Liam or Jackson, right? Right. When they're able to watch Star Wars, when they don't have that disconnect, will it seem weird to them? Will they notice? Or will it yeah. just seem like, oh, no, that's Leia, and she's just naturally in the scene? I think that'll right. be fascinating, you know, to see younger kids as they grow up, how they view those scenes in context. Or out of context, I guess. Um, there's a, an extended look at the training sequence between Luke and Leia. They clearly yes. shot a lot more than we saw. And it made me wish that scene was a little more extended in the final movie. Me because too. It looks cool. I never realized how neat both their outfits are, but especially Luke's like Jedi Master training gear or whatever. It's like a mix between a military uniform and a robe with the cool helmet and shit. Yeah. I thought that was cool. It was cool. I agree. <laughs> and it's, you know, brilliant to have Billy Lord stand in for those scenes. Mm hmm. Talk about, I um, mean, it just, it made her, it made the rendered Carrie even look more real. The, um, the Wadi Rum set for, for Pasana, it bums me out that they built that huge ass practical snake that looked really cool. 
And, and mostly he, CGI'd over it. Yeah, because that snake looked so cool. It looked great. Yeah. It looked amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that jumped out to me. There's a lot to unpack. It's a little over two hours. Um, All the water cannons on the, the oh, scenes yeah. on the Death Star fight. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh. What's funny is Daisy's tough as nails, right? To put up with all this stuff. But you can tell she didn't get into acting for the action, like action movies. You can tell that she... But man, she, they show like footage from her back in 2014. Like when they're doing The Force Awakens. It's clear that you're probably right that she didn't necessarily get into acting for that aspect of it. But when that was put on her plate, she dove she, in head first. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Mad crew respect. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Uh the um Donald Donald Gleason and Richard E Grant stuff was real funny. I love how tickled Richard E Grant was just to be in Star Wars. That be... is that was the running thing with him leading up to this movie. Every when he announced on Twitter that he got the role, it was like one of us got the role. How exciting yeah. excited he was. It was so great. I think he's great. I like Donald Gleason a lot, even as much as I hate fucking Hux as a you know like yeah. a character. Like that he's guy such was a just tickled pink to be you know General Pride. And then um, Hux, like, how many f bombs did he drop when he kept messing up? He's like, oh fuck, I fucked it up again, fuck. And like they kept having to bleep him and stuff. I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. Um, he w- that was really cool. The Ian McDermott stuff, like him talking about like. You know, I thought I was the luckiest man in the world when George Lucas saw me for 10 minutes and cast me as the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. And then then I got to do it a second time. And then he's like, and now a third time. It's just like, what a gracious dude. Humble. Yeah. And like when they have him on the like Palpatine puppet arm or whatever and JJ's there and he's like, it looks insane. It looks great. (laughs) I like that part quite a bit. Seeing uh, some of the stuff with Anthony Daniels is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He slipped that Ralph McQuarrie painting in there one more time. I was like, he loves that fucking. He story. loves to reference that fucking painting. Oh, and I looked in his eyes and I felt like a kindred spirit. That's the same stuff. We got it, Anthony. We got it. I think you like that painting. That painting is what made you take the job, or <laughs> so you say. <laughs> um, fuck. I had one I was gonna bring up. Something I was going to bring up that I thought was really cool. We talked about the Emperor. We talked about Anthony Daniels. Um, fuck. Is it, there's a scene with Poe and Leia that's not in the, in the movie, right? Like uh, the one where the two of them just have a minute? Or is that... Have no. I just not hit there yet in my rewatch? No. That Well, so the, the scene you're thinking about is after she dies and he comes back to the base... And he's like talking. He's like, I'm not ready for this or whatever. And Lando shows up and he's like, Lando says we had each other. That's neither right. were we. Right. We had each other and we were friends. They cut out that and we were friends part from the final movie. Well, I know why. Um, Sounds a little funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, I think they made the correct choice on where to cut that line. Right. Um, 
man, there was something. I was, oh, John Williams. Oh, my God. And getting so him in there. Cool. He was, I mean, he's basically doing it because he felt like he had to for posterity's sake. Uh, but all those little yeah. knickknacks surrounding him, the 51 from his 51 Oscar nominations for his script writing, I thought that was a nice touch. I yeah. thought that was an incredibly nice touch. So for people that haven't seen it or don't know, like, you know, John Williams has a, a cameo in the bar that Babu Frick operates out of. And you see him very briefly. And in the bar, he is surrounded by what looks like just a bunch of junk. But what it is is 51 different little props that the uh, art department made that represent, like Will said, all 51 of his uh, Academy Award nominations. So there's like these little... Uh, yellow barrels that represent Jaws. There's a hook for Captain Hook. There's a whip for Indiana Jones. And there's uh, like a tank barricade and dog tags for mm, Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. There's the iron from Home Alone. It's uh, what an amazing touch and what a wonderful idea. And then the detail they went into to uh, fill up Babu Frick's droid workshop really cool in fact anthony daniel's favorite painting of all time the ralph mccrory concept art that droid's head is in there yes. there's like a practical model of the bad robot droid from like their logo the red robot uh and all kinds of other cool stuff like i love that attention to detail i love put as much kind of that shit in there as you guys can within reason so i then when i watch the movie i'm like oh check that shit out that's cool. Um, trying to think. I'm sure there will be many times when we reference this in the future because it's so much. The and scene where Ray was talking about when they're fighting, force fighting over the ship and she shocks it with lightning and blows it up. Talking yep. about how bad she felt. Yep. Um, and them talking about uh, how cool it was to see the Luke Skywalker is of old in this movie after his journey in the, the last Jedi. And I saw some people, I don't know, not necessarily like saying that was bad, but being like, well, wasn't the whole point of the last Jedi that Luke thought the Jedi should end. And I guess, you know, it's all a matter of perspective, but I took that as in the movie when he said that he's wrong. And right. he realizes he's, that by the end of the movie. Right. And that's how I felt about it. Like he, he's talking in anguish, like that's grief. And he's all severed himself from the force, you know. Right. And I just feel like, you know, maybe. Uh, That's not what Yoda told him to do. And right. Yoda had to show up and remind his ass that I told you to pass this on. And and by the end of the movie, he even says, I will not be the last Jedi. Talking about how Rey's going to be the next Jedi. And so right. I think we saw like a really cool, interesting progression of Luke's character. So I don't see why him being more like the Luke Skywalker of old in episode nine, once he's become one with the force and things is like a misstep or a bad thing. It's no. not my favorite Luke Skywalker scene in any, you know, in star Wars. No, some of it feels he's still a little... kind of a sarcastic ass in certain parts of it, but I like that. I mean, but I'm just saying like, it's just, it's more, I don't know. Something about it just felt a little off. Like I, I, I needed to see it. Yeah. I needed, I needed to, to see, it. see wise, you know, kind to Ray, mm -hmm. Force Ghost, Jedi Master Luke. Mm -hmm. I and I'm fine with how I got it, but I'm really I needed to see that. Yeah, me too. And and so, 
at the end of the day, I'm cool with it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of our thoughts on the making of documentary so far. If we think of anything cool, we'll bring it up. But there's so much there. And like, you know, um, I realize that's not everybody's favorite movie or everybody's favorite entry in Star Wars. It's not even my favorite. Like I've said, it probably falls somewhere in the middle for me. But I do feel like watching that documentary sort of brought some things to the table that I was pretty one of the, content with. One of the, uh, another thing that helped me that I wish had been in the movie itself was the mention that Exegol was like an ancient Sith planet, mm-hmm. an ancient hidden Sith. And they kind they say it once like, Oh, the, you know, Exegol. but they could have leaned into that more. They could have leaned into it more. And, and the fact that, there are all these people on that planet and they're ancient Sith that he's been hiding, a Sith people, a Sith fleet that he's, you know, yeah. that Palpatine's been hiding. Um, I don't know. It just, you know, some some of what they were talking about was like, man, I wish that kind of discussion was in the movie or a couple of lines about that because that would have really helped smooth that over a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I also really like the idea of like, it even being the possible birthplace of the Sith was El- right. Exegol. And that's yeah. never approached or, or talked about in the movie. And I, I, if I had to guess, it's probably because they don't want to necessarily nail, da- nail that down in case they want to do something with that concept in the future. But of course, of it course. wouldn't have bothered me. You know, like in the EU, in the old canon, we, we had Moraban slash Korriban that operated basically is that same concept so you know um all right man i got the hiccups you do what'd you uh what'd you think about clone wars um it was fine yeah i mean it was a good ending and i hate that i have to say that you know i want to say that it was great but it was fine yeah i i didn't see it ending happy and it had a happy ending it yeah last threw week, me off there at the end last week you were like oh i don't know i hope uh, Echo wasn't isn't some kind of like Trojan horse or something that had me yeah. real worried because I I like the character so much, so I was glad to see that they didn't go that route, uh, and I thought it was really nice. I, I mean I, I realize this is jumping towards the end, but um, that he decided to join the Bad Batch. That's a good fit. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. you can't go back to your old life after that. There's just no going back to your old life. I'll tell you what, my favorite part of the episode is when Mace Windu talks shit to all those droids. Oh, yeah. He gives them the opportunity to surrender or whatever. Yeah. I thought that shit was so cool. And I thought it was an interesting nod to the uh, Jindy Tarakovsky Clone Wars because there's an episode in there where he single-handedly annihilates like a tired battalion of of you know droids and he's like look i've killed a lot of you guys you know he yeah. gave the number it was like um you know i can't remember how many but it yeah. was up there yeah i like that quite a bit i'll i will be honest i'm ready to get to like ahsoka stuff this week um, yeah i was kind of expect you know i'm glad the clone <laughs> clone arc is over and i you know i really enjoy some of the clone arcs but yeah i'm ready to get into the meat I want to get into the meaty part. Yeah, and I, you know, I imagine once I have the chance to sit down and watch Clone Wars all the way through again, once the season is over, that the Bad Batch arc in the pantheon of clone 
focused arcs will probably be pretty high. Not my favorite, but it'll be up there. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about it every week since Clone Wars came back. The clone arcs, while there are a lot that I enjoy, don't typically end up being my favorites out of the series. So uh, I'm excited to move That's on. It's a lot of D. Bradley Baker talking to himself. It sure is. <laughs> They were like, all right, for this recording session, we have D. Bradley Baker and D. Bradley Baker <laughs> and D. Bradley Baker and Matt Lantner, Lanter, or however you say his name, and James Arnold Taylor. Oh, we're getting old Titus back. And D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, but yeah, I, you know, enjoyable. I'm looking forward to watching. Cool. A Anakin killed that dude just straight oh, up. That's, that's right, dude. That was cool. Well, it's was like, cool, oh, oh. but it also like a really nice glimpse into his further pull towards the dark side. Right. Exactly. Cause that's not necessarily the actions of a Jedi. It is the actions of a soldier at it war, is. but it it, is. that's, part of the conundrum of you know the that whole drama when ahsoka left like the chick that was the terrorist i mean she shouldn't have been killing people but she technically wasn't wrong you know the jedi had fallen and they were warriors and soldiers and you know yeah i um i did not see him killing admiral trench i didn't see that either i did not see that coming it was a nice touch yeah, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and watching that whole arc like it's just a Star Wars movie. That's sort of always a, was always a fun experiment when Clone Wars was airing originally. So you watch the episodes as they come out, and then once an arc is completed, you basically have a new animated Star Wars movie, yeah. you know, told over three or four parts. That's So I think that'll be cool. I, I'd like to do that. Might do that tomorrow. Because um, I'm going to be home. Uh, but yeah. I'm enjoying Clone Wars. I'm really glad it's back. Can't wait to see what they do with the uh, the Ahsoka stuff as it's coming up. I do know they put out a trailer, I think, for the first episode. And I didn't watch it just because I was busy and stuff. And, you know, by now we're only a couple hours from the show, the episode coming out. So might as well just see the episode, you know. So, and I believe um, the next arc is sort of the Ahsoka on the run in the, uh, I, th I believe it. a lot of it takes place in like the Coruscant underworld type stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I guess that will lead right into um, the Siege of Mandalore. And man, am I excited about that. It's going to be good. Yeah gonna have to be obi-wan heavy oh it'll be obi-wan heavy for sure obi-wan well mandalore is like obi-wan's so actually i don't now that i think about it i don't know how heavy it is going to be on that because really you know in in star wars rebels ahsoka mentions i believe to ezra that the last time she saw her master mm -hmm. anakin he was rushing off to save the chancellor and we know from like celebration panels and stuff that the Siege of Mandalore goes on and they go to help Ahsoka. And right before it all is about to go down, 
they get called off to save the Chancellor at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So Anakin leaves his clone battalion, like Rex, uh, with Ahsoka, and they all repaint their armor to be like Ahsoka-themed, like with right. her markings and, and colors and stuff. So we'll definitely see them, but I don't think they actually participate in the Siege of Mandalore very much. So that so he leaves the 501st with Ahsoka. So most of uh, some of them, like half of them or something. But because I'm at who marches on the Jedi Temple? Is that still the 501st? Yeah, I guess that's what's left of them. What didn't okay. go with Ahsoka? Yeah, I was, he sure has a contingent, and they march up in there and lay waste. They sure do. Yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, what they do with the the Clone Wars going forward. You know, given the state of everything, I think it is uh, you know probably wise to not expect any kind of big Star Wars announcement for a little bit. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect any immediate announcement for a long time. No, I mean when you look at how so many movies are getting pushed back. I mean theater chains are just closed you know they're close and things like i think the new fast and the furious movie got delayed a year to next year and then i know the black widow movie i think got delayed it did and who knows when that'll come out you know uh so given that Scarlett Johansson. we could be looking at you know a situation where the next star wars movie just because of the delay and all these currently going productions uh, we could look at we could be looking at that getting pushed back, you know, depending yeah. on how long this takes to straighten out and everything. I mean, you know. this this will change the world. Uh, yeah, it, it already will. has, and there's no telling how much more it will. But this and, this is going to change life as you know it. And obviously, the the least important thing to be worried about this at this point is when are you going to get to see the Black Widow. <laughs> or when are you going to get to see the next Star Wars movie? I totally get that, but... You Can know, you just send me the digital copy to my house? Yeah, I mean, there's some companies doing that. I think Universal is releasing some of their movies to video on demand. I could be completely wrong, but I don't see Disney doing that. I don't see them doing it either. You know, if this movie had already been released, if this was a Rise of Skywalker or Frozen 2 situation... It's an intended blockbuster. Okay, you right. don't re- you don't release an intended blockbuster straight to digital because of a pandemic. You delay the blockbuster to whenever you can make the most bang for your buck. Right. And then you know, it's it'll it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But I would say, you know, enjoy Clone Wars while we got it. The second season of Mandalorian's already wrapped up production, so it's not like you know they've had to delay shooting on that or anything because of this but this could very well lead to further delays for Cassian and Obi-Wan depending how everything goes and it could lead to a delay for the next movie you know we're just talking realistically here right um, and look if <laughs> if that's what it takes to keep shit from going real <sighs> south to go <laughs> from going Mad Max south yeah fine whatever you know like I said it's the last thing we should be worried about. But I was thinking about that today and wondering, like, that could have an effect. Um, and at this point, I think it most likely will. But I guess we'll see. <clears throat> All right, buddy. You want to do some voicemails and emails? Because like I said, there's a bunch. I do. Somebody 
who I love very much, woke up this morning, you know, day four of her quarantine and was like, I'm going to embarrass Halls. Oh, boy. Let's listen to a little ditty before we get that rolling. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right, so since there's so many voicemails and emails to go over, the format's going to change a little bit tonight. Normally I do you know, all the voicemails at first, all the emails. There's a mix of both, and I don't want to miss any, so we're just going to go in chronological order, except for the one exception that we always make. We always start with him when he has a message for us. It's our good friend in yours, the king of all times, King John Jansky. Hey there, Haas and Will. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now, but I am really glad that we have gotten the Rise of Skywalker stuff that we've gotten this last week. It's nice to have the movie. Watched it. I've checked out parts of it a few times, and I still like it. I'm, you know, it's, it's got problems, but I'm still a huge fan of it. And, uh, you know, even, even though there are some people who don't like it, I understand why not, but... It's a Star Wars movie, and it's it's a really good ending. And I like this, for the most part, I like the story it tells. And that documentary that's on the, the digital release, I, I like how much work everyone put into it. I know the movie was kind of thrown together very quickly, but you could tell the people who were working on it really did give it their all. And then the novelization, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it... It adds a lot to the movies, it confirms a few things, and it's it's just another way to look at the story. And it's, it's just very enjoyable. So I hope that with everything crazy going on right now, you guys and everyone else are able to, you know, if they enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, able to watch or listen or read or whatever look at it in a in a different and a new way now that we have it on home and now that you know you could watch all 11 movies and tv shows and everything back to back to back etc but i also wanted to say something else and will you're amazing but this next part isn't for you haws happy birthday i heard it's your birthday this weekend i hope you're having a great one um you are an awesome podcaster and so is will uh and i know you know Blue Harvest makes Star Wars even more fun for me, and I'm sure it does for other people, too. So thank you for doing all this. I hope that you have a great birthday, um, even though you 
probably can't go anywhere. Just watch Star Wars and play video games or something. But, uh, just, you know, thank you for doing what you do because in times like this, it, it's, you know, yes, I, I have my family. I'm very glad I have them. I'm, you know, we're able to be together. But it's also my friends out there on Twitter, podcasters, people I talk to uh, that help make things better. So I just wanted to say happy birthday and thank you for that. Anyway, I will talk to you guys later. That's really nice. Yeah. What a nice dude. Like, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, paranormally nice or something. Just a nice dude. Thanks, King Tom. And I can guarantee you one thing, buddy. I may not be going out for my birthday, but I will be watching some Star Wars and playing some video games on my birthday. That you can count on that. Uh, For sure. You can take that shit to the bank. To the bank. Tonight. (laughs) All right. Next up, we have an email from Brad Heron or Brad H. Hey, Halls and Will and fellow moisture farmers. Just a quick shout out to you guys for putting out these excellent podcasts and to wish my fellow listeners a safe next few weeks. This whole scenario got me thinking. Who out of all the characters in Star Wars do you believe had the best hygiene slash worst hygiene? Me personally, Sheev had to have the best overall hygiene. Why? I could only imagine his master plan included a good, sterilized routine. He seemed to have pre-existing conditions based on his rather ghastly appearance throughout the prequels, original trilogy, and sequels. The last thing our buddy Sheev needed was some weird Naboo slash Coruscant illness. Plus, and more importantly, he had fantastic social isolation. Well, as best as he could as for an elected official. Also, do you ever recall him ever touching anyone physically in in any movie? I sure as fuck don't minus, I believe, him patting young Anakin in The Phantom Menace. 20-something years without physical contact. I don't count lightsaber combat. That's impressive. Keep up the good work, Brad H. Hmm. Yeah, I could see Sheev having pretty good personal hygiene. You got to keep that wrinkly-ass, sorry-ass face clean. You ain't trying to get staph infection. I would say post-Mustafar, Darth Vader has probably the best hygiene. And I know that's messed up because his skin's all burned off, but talk about a reason to need good hygiene. He wears a hazmat suit, sealed hazmat suit everywhere he goes. He has a sealed meditation chamber. Yeah, and... He takes back to baths. I can't remember. I think it was in one of the EU books. They talked about how, like, basically every little while Darth Vader would have to be removed from that suit and he would have to be cleaned and, like, the scar tissue dealt with. And st- it sounded brutal. Like, it sounded like a constantly painful process. But yeah. I, I believe certain burns have to maybe be scrubbed or debrided yeah. or something De- like that. Yep. I know all about debriding. Um, so, yeah, I would say Darth Vader is a good call. Um, worst personal hygiene? Jabba? Mm. I mean, that dude just looks yeah. slimy as it is. Yeah. Um, you know who I bet has probably pretty good personal hygiene is Chewie. Chewie never looks stinky. He like, never does, does he? You know, like, we meet him and he looks like a muddy monster, but... Right, but then he takes he a shower immediately. first time, he puts the Pert Plus in there and it's done. Yeah, like, you know when you look at a dog with, like, longer hair and you're like, mm, I think that dog needs a bath. Like, sometimes we'll look at Dharma and be like, Dharma, you need a bath. You're looking greasy. 
You he's never got like the dingleberries caught in the fur. No, nah, man. I bet you Chewie's pretty well. Do you think well he parts it meticulously when he sits down? I hope there's some kind of unexplained system that makes that a little easier for my dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe when he, he sits down, his butt protrudes like a, a baboon. And it Yikes. Takes, you know, just like it pops out a little bit. He pops out yeah. that donka donk a little bit. Little red hairless cheeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, bad hygiene. I bet you. Oh, what's uh, what's fucking Bib Fortuna? Psh, I bet you he's stanky. I think Darth Maul's got bad hygiene. He looks like he's got rotten teeth. Yeah, yeah. He needs to sign up for a Quip toothbrush or some shit. Yeah, I bet some of the clones smell pretty bad. Mm. Depending on how often they get to bathe. Yeah, I, I would excuse that more as, you know, they're on the front lines fighting a war. You can't really hold that against them. Like, I mean, I, I don't. I just know it's hard to maintain good hygiene yeah. in the trenches. Yeah. The insides of those smooth, those things, probably, in those uh, armors <coughs> probably smell like Parmesan and feet. Mm-mm. Bacon. <laughs> Next up. Smells like, I can taste it. it tastes like... <laughs> Hot garbage pizza? Onions and ketchup. <laughs> uh, next up, we got an email from Colton. Howdy, guys. Hope that y'all are doing well and staying healthy. I wanted to write in to talk about season two of The Mando, seeing as it wrapped filming last week and should still be on schedule for its October release. The episode I find myself watching most from season one is chapter two, which features that sweet Jawa chase and the mudhorn. In hindsight, I realize that this chapter is in many ways the creature feature that Star Wars goes back to time and time again. Some of these, Return of the Jedi, Attack of the Clones, are awesome, while others, a handful of Resistance episodes, are less awesome. All that said, would y'all like to see another creature-focused episode in Season 2 of The Mandalorian? I'd be up for anything, really, that the creatures choose to... that the creators choose to show, but I really enjoy having less consequential episodes like chapter two to go back and rewatch whenever the mood strikes. Cheers. And thanks for the good show. Great show. Colton. I downplayed that. He said, great. And I said, good. Um, you didn't want to seem, you know, to pat yourself on the back. I don't know what the likelihood of them going back to Tatooine would be, but you know what I've always wanted to see in live action well, there, stores. There are creatures all over. the. Oh, what? Crate dragon. Crate Dragon. I want to see a Crate Dragon in Star Wars. In live action. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> that would be a rad. Yeah, but yeah, I'm all down. I'm down for another creature. I love the big creatures in, in Star Wars for the most part. Oh yeah, part. I love them. The Rancor, obviously. The Wampa. The uh, big crazy squid thing that pops out of the ice in the first episode of The Mandalorian. Boar gullet, I can take it or leave it. Not a big boar gullet uh, guy. You know, the... Oh, uh, yeah. The mind flare, the Star Wars mind flare. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love some more creatures. And it doesn't have to... I, You know, I'm down to see some we've seen before. Like, I'd love to see another Rancor. Have we ever seen another live-action Rancor? We haven't, have we? No. That would be cool. And uh, what comes to mind is one of the Force Unleashed games, you go to a planet that's populated with lots of Rancors. Dothamir. Dothamir. Wait, no. Is that where they're from? I thought it was like a jungle planet. I don't want to say, it's not Felucia. No. It, it, maybe it is Felucia, because you go to Felucia, and you, 
encounter a fucking Sarlacc on that planet, of all things, too. Yeah, you're right. I played Force Unleashed within the last year again, so... Yeah, you fight a lot of Rancors in Force Unleashed. There's like a forest full of them, mm-hmm. and you basically gotta, like, fight them all to get through there, basically. One of the boss fights in the second one is like a giant roided-up Rancor. Super Rancor. Super Rancor. It's a super shredder. <laughs> all right. Next. How did that mutagen make his armor grow extra razors? That's all I want to know. Chris Fresh, you got an answer for that, buddy? You're our, our resident buddy that's uh, more of a TMNT expert than me. I love the turtles, but uh, explain that for us, Chris Fresh. Hit me up on Twitter. How did the mutagen make super shredder's armor grow? It looks cool. It looks awesome. Super shredder looks neat. But he was scary. It looks like uh, taking out old, beams like Goldberg. If all, and uh, I like to call him the anti Quentin Tarantino because he doesn't know anything about feet. Rob Liefeld. It looks like if he <laughs> drew Shredder. Man, he needs to pay us because we have name dropped him several times. Shit, I'll take some money from Liefeld. I'll be like, yeah, you're real funny, dude. Blah blah blah. Pouches are great. <clears throat> All right, next up we got uh of straps. Woo. Uh next we got an email from Darth Tater Tyson. Hello friends and fellow Wampa hunters, how are you? I'm a loyal listener although this is my first time writing in. I've always been a fan of the Knights of the Old Republic. I personally think that the actual story for Knights of the Old Republic is the second best story following the OG trilogy. I think the stories of Bastila and Revan are some of the best original stories to come out of Star Wars. Anyways, I think it would be cool if Lucasfilm could adapt it, and I think the best way to adapt it would be in an anime-like series. I think this would be the best way because the actual story has been out for almost 20 years, and I think it would be cool if Star Wars came out with uh, animation geared towards a slightly older audience. Sorry to ramble for so long. Keep up the good work. And as always, I look forward to hearing from you every week. Darth Tater Tyson. I got to say, I love Knights of the Old Republic. I got to say, I'm there for it. Yeah. Uh, Older anime-oriented Knights of the Old Republic, (laughs) I am there for it. I think regardless of what format it comes out in, I think... (coughs) Oh, no. We should be... uh, (laughs) I think we should be prepared for some changes to the overall story. I don't know that they'll ever look to just directly adapt the story from the game. You know, to to be honest with you, I don't remember much about it. I know it's that really you good. go to. I remember that you go to like a Sith Academy or whatever. Corbin. I remember that Bastila. You start out like Bastila, and then you know Revan is a an amnesiac Sith Lord, mm-hmm. you know, like that's who can be either good or bad, you know, in the end of the story, no matter what you choose. Um, I remember the characters mostly like those main things is about all I remember of the plot. And I mean, I think that's it in a nutshell. I don't know. They do a lot more than that, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot more to that, but the story is really good. And like some of the character inter interactions and, you know, I've always envisioned that being a live action series, but if they finally distru- decided to do anime influenced Star Wars and chose that as what they adapt in that format, I mean, yeah, so down. I'm so down. But I, like I said, I think if it does any kind of an adaptation of the Knights of Old Republic comes out 
we should expect some changes because I think it's going to be a long time too because I think the High Republic is trying to scratch that itch for the most part. Yeah, you know, it, it, the High Republic could also be sort of a grand Star Wars experiment to see if people latch on to this era and the characters. And if they do, I imagine that'll open it up to further exploration. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they take more of a wait and see how it's received approach. Um, but who knows, but, uh, it could be cool. I think it, I'm pretty excited for that. And I'm excited about the idea of a star Wars anime. Hope that happens sometime. Stop. All right. Do you think since it's Disney, they would get Studio Ghibli to do it? Well, you know, they don't really have that association anymore. Oh, they don't? That's kind of sad. I, I thought think they used to. They did used to. I did. It may have just been production and distribution. It was distribution, I believe. They were the distributor for uh, their movies in the U.S. Uh, I believe they signed a deal with Warner Brothers. So, like, all the Studio Ghibli movies or Ghibli, however you say it. Are going to be yeah, on. You have to forgive me. I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. They're going to be on the um, new Warner Brothers, like HBO Max streaming service that's coming. Oh, really? Yeah. So that that's where those will be. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we have an email. No, a voicemail from Utah. Dougie. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, how's Will? This is Dougie. I was just thinking with the pandemic and maybe for a possible Mandalorian Season 2 storyline, maybe our little baby Yoda gets sick with a little virus or something. No. And Mando has to go find that doctor from Season 1 um, and get him to help him figure out how to heal or make baby Yoda feel better, sprinkle in some... Uh, Boba Fett and some uh, other villains and dark sabers and whatnot. And kind of thinking, what what direction do you guys think that's going to head next season? Always good time with the podcast. Thanks a lot. Stay safe out there. Bye bye. Thanks, Dougie. Yeah, I don't want. <laughs> I need to not have a heart attack while the hospitals are inundated with other things. Okay. Yeah. Because every time something damn near happens to Baby Yoda, my I get the heart palpitations. Okay. So when the Mando turns around to check if he's breathing, you know, there in the beginning, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, like he better be okay. Baby Yoda better be okay. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, uh, I will not be watching the Blue Shadow Virus episodes of Clone Wars anytime soon. <laughs> Like, nah, man, too real. I say, you want to put Baby Yoda in some sort of danger or something where they need to find that uh, that doctor? Yeah, I'm all about that. Bring that character back. But maybe maybe we don't do the virus thing. Yeah, maybe, may, no sick Baby Yoda. Wouldn't that be Bad fucked up? Bad things can't keep happening to Baby Yoda. Wouldn't that be fucked up if the storyline of, like, the overarching, arching, overarching, overarching, the overall story of season two was about a crazy galactic virus. And, you know, they just finished filming a week or two ago and they're like, shit. Oh, shit. Fucking a Johnny Fabs. Why would you do this to us? <laughs> you, you reached into the future. Pluck that out of the collective consciousness. Man. All right. Next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy, Jim. 
Yes, and Will. Good evening, gentlemen. How you guys doing tonight? Um, it took me to to see the sequel saga to realize how much I appreciate the romance that's in um, Star Wars. I don't think there was very much in the sequel saga. Uh, it felt to me like it was building up with Finn and Rey, but then um, the, I don't know, uh, lackluster kiss in Rise of Skywalker, you know, didn't exactly do it for me. But uh, what, what would you say, would you guys like it if they turned up the romance in the next sequel, uh, in the next saga, um, and perhaps made one of the main characters uh, a light side force user, and then their lover who um, cheated on them, so there is infidelity. What if they turned to the dark side because of infidelity? Uh, I would, uh, I would like that if it was just a little bit more drama. I didn't think there was much in. Rise. I, I wasn't feeling the Kylo Ray kiss. If you look at, you know, Revenge of the Sith when they when, or I'm sorry, that was uh, Attack of the Clones at the end. The Padme Anakin kiss that was way hot, <laughs> way hotter than the uh, Kylo and Ray kiss. The same thing with uh, anything that happened with Han and Leia. Um, but what would you think of that? Um, would that be something you wouldn't want to see? Somebody uh, cheating on somebody else in the future movies or anything that would bring a good story. But I, I was missing uh, the romance in this sequel saga. What do you guys think of that? All right. Ignite the green. Thanks, buddy. Uh, much like Baby Yoda getting sick, I could probably do without an infidelity storyline in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't need that. I, I don't will, need a cheating fall to the Sith. I don't need that at all. I will say that they definitely could ramp up that aspect of the movies a little more. And like, well, I'll tell you, I don't. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead. Finish. No, you go for it. I, Han Solo and Princess Leia. That that dynamic from the very beginning was the best. I mean, she comes out guns blazing. This is what you call a rescue. You brought this hunk of junk. And then he's like, well, excuse me, princess. And then, uh, you know, and then by the Empire Strikes Back, I got to say, hands down, hottest romance is, you know, the scene Han where and, uh, Luke and Leia do what now? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. I just said Luke. No, and Leia. Oh, Luke and Leia. Mm, not quite. That's probably the cringiest kiss to me. Um, but she's doing it to make Han jealous. Like, I feel like anyway. Empire Strikes Back, um, they're trapped in the Falcon, and he's like, my hands are dirty or whatever. That's best kiss, best Star Wars romance, hands down right there. Han getting frozen in carbonite. She goes and saves her man. That's it. Dude, dude that's the best. Yeah. And then every, everything else falls second to that. And that's what I miss. I miss that. My, my favorite moment is when she unfreezes Han in the... Uh, the last, or not the last Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi. And he's like, who is this? Oh, I love that part. Yep. Um, yeah. I, the, see, the weird thing about the sequel trilogy is it seemed like, I don't know, like in some aspects, they just couldn't make up their mind. They like, couldn't, and it felt like the aim was to make everything so wholesome. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with wholesome Star Wars, but I do feel like the fact that they... Like, it's weird because I do feel like, personally, in The Force Awakens, Finn definitely shows interest in Rey. He's like, you got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? Yeah, you right, know? obviously. Like, I, and, and to me, that is showing interest in... I definitely can see when you watch the sequel trilogy as a whole how the Ray and Kylo thing is a destination that was built up to, you know? And it, it is and it needed to happen. It didn't need to go unaddressed. It, I mean, I can say that in retrospect. It didn't and it, it seemed even more obvious that that was the way they'd go when in the second movie they introduced Rose and it seems like Rose and Finn was going to be a thing. It did seem like it was going to, and to me, that's the most awkward, like, yeah, that's, that's one of the awkward kisses because it doesn't look like he quite kisses her back. Well, he's, it seems like he's surprised. He doesn't see it coming. He is surprised. He doesn't see it coming, but it's not, it's not steamy Leia yeah. and Han, like my hands are dirty. Like it's, no, it's I'm not about to lose consciousness because I just crashed my ship. But, you know, it, it just seemed like they were setting that up to be possibly something. It did. It seemed like they were setting that up. And then they just completely ignore that in the third movie. And, you know, my I'm biggest... I'm disappointed with I felt like Rose got sidelined. I know. Bit, that's my... Is still and always will be my main complaint with episode nine. I can, I ha can and have come to terms with the Ray Palpatine thing. The rose, the treatment of Rose is such a bummer, and like, you, you know, and it, it only compounded it seeing some of the stuff with her behind the scenes, and just like, she's so great. Uh, Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran is so great, and seems like she was, you know, so awesome on set, and her and Billy Lord got along so well. It's just it that is still my biggest disappointment, and always will be my disappointment with the ninth movie but they literally have Finn like um pat her on the shoulder and walk away like it's so weird like the, I'm out of here pat 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 and then you know you have the whole thing of well was Finn trying to tell Ray he loved her was that what he wanted to tell her in the in the ninth movie right uh, and, when they're sinking in the sand and then you know they come out and say no he was trying to tell her that he was force sensitive which is fine I'm fine with that answer but I don't really know for sure that that was the original intention or if that was something sort of put together later. I don't know. You know, it it's seems definitely indicated. And just like at the end of force awakens, it seemed they push it real hard that like that's Luke's daughter. I remember thinking that significantly like, and I remember oh, yeah. at the end of force awakens being like, if this isn't Luke's daughter, like they, they tried to force it to look like that real hard there at that last scene or whatever. Yeah. I you know I do think I like I love the sequel trilogy. I love it. I got two phenomenal movies out of it and one pretty good one. You know what right. I mean? And that's more than I could have asked for with bringing Star Wars back personally. You know, there was always there's there was a good chance that maybe I didn't like any of them. Yeah. And then I'm an angry guy on YouTube. But I feel lucky, so uh, you know, I love the sequel trilogy, but I do. It, it's hard to say that it wouldn't have benefited with a more laid out, clear plan. You know, I'm not saying get the same guy to write all three movies before you start shooting them, but lay down an outline, a basic outline, and then 
go to your directors and go like, this is the points we're trying to hit, you know, give them a framework or like guideposts to work in. And I right. think it would have benefited and been more cohesive if they had done that. And I hope that's how they approach it in the future. All right. Moving along, because we got a lots to cover. This is a voicemail from our buddy Johnny Reverd. I hope I said that right. This is Catfish Johnny. Happy fucking birthday, Hazy. Wishing you the best on a quarantine birthday. You keep that pod coming for all of us stuck at home, buddy. You're helping more than you know. Much love, Catfish Johnny. I knew that was Catfish Johnny. You want to talk <laughs> about somebody who is taking this fucking quarantine bullshit head on it's our buddy catfish johnny oh really dude his instagram and his twitter because he's a business owner he's a restaurant owner and i gotta say like the food and stuff that they post on their accounts looks incredible right yeah from the moment his stuff got shut down he has appeared to me at least to be the ultimate source for people in his area for information like Oh, do you, are you going to need to get a loan? Do this. Are you going to write this person? Like, check this out. Like, go to this link. Like, constantly keeping people updated. I like That's to see that. I know, man. I like to see a man in action like that. A man of the people. A yeah. leader, if you will. <clears throat> so, Johnny, I hope everything works out, buddy. I'll be thinking about you. Um, thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for doing what you do. Maybe put on a little dead. I know you're into the dead. And uh, try to relax when you can, my man. As in the Grateful Dead? Yes. Casey Jones is my man. All right, next up, we got an email from our buddy Raymond in Hong Kong. Hey, Halls. This is for you. It's that day of the year. It happens once every 655 days, so enjoy it. Make the day count. I know we are in the middle of the dark times around the globe now, but trust me, my friend, this virus is so lethal, so wash your hands, stay healthy, and be positive. We had a similar situation in Hong Kong in 2003, SARS, so we are quite now prepared and heavily cautious, but what's happening in the world now makes us nervous. It's fine to take extra care and be cautious. After all, it's your life and health that matters most, right? May a raccoon come to visit your place every single day to cheer you up, buddy. And Jesse, be safe and take good care. Signing off, Raymond. Thanks, buddy. I hope you're taking care of yourself as well. All right. In Hong Kong, right? Yep. Next up, we got an email from our buddy Michael. Hey, y'all. First off, just wanted to say that I hope everyone is safe at home and doing well. I haven't left my Brooklyn apartment in about a week except to get some essentials, and this shit is wild. Stay smart and think of others. Now to the birthday boy. I want to thank you for multiple reasons. Not only for your work, for the work you and Will put in each week to give us the best Star Wars podcast in the world, but also for the community you and the whole network of pods have fostered. A little less than three years ago, I was at the lowest point in my life after a rough breakup and was looking for a temporary escape from reality. That same week, I found Star Wars, Blue Harvest, and Making Star Wars. While searching for that temporary escape from reality, I actually found a community I want to be part of permanently. And I have you to thank for that, for being kind, inclusive, and in welcoming to all who love Star Wars and just generally being a good person. Happy birthday, Halls. Michael Lee Morris. P.S. Shout out to my dude Tracy, who I met through the pod and happened to work at the same company with. We've killed hundreds of work hours talking Star Wars in the company Slack, 
So thank you for that as well. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's real awesome. awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. And thanks for writing in. And next up, we got an email from our buddy, Ed. Happy birthday, Halsey Halls, and hello, Will. Just dropping a line to say happy birthday. Quick thought on The Rise of Skywalker. How sweet was Fort Ray's force move on one of Palpatine's henchmen at the end where she appears to essentially force stomp him straight into the ground? Do you guys have any favorite new combat force combat moves seen in The Rise of Skywalker? Keep it real, fellas, and stay healthy. Thanks, Ed. That's uh, Ed from the scruffy-looking Nerf Herders. If you oh, guys nice. haven't checked out his podcast, it's great. Um, favorite new force powers. So do we count Ray's flip over the TIE fighter as something new? Kind of, I guess. I don't know. Did he say force powers or combat? Force combat moves. Force like, combat. That counts as a force combat move. Yeah, I but think. is it really new, though? Because we see... Obi- not, no, I mean, you're right. Obi-Wan does, not the same thing, but in Revenge of the Sith, he does that crazy fucking jump, jump out of the cockpit, twirly twirl, lightsaber strike. Um the way they progress the force connection stuff was really cool. And yeah. it's probably my favorite force. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. And then when she, he's on Kajimi and she's on the star destroyer and it goes back and forth and he cuts the, the, the barrel of berries or whatever. And that spills over into the star destroyer. And the fact that solid matter can be passed across space time. Yeah. Is kind of incredible. You know, the beads, he snatches her beads, and then she basically throws the lightsaber. Yeah, and then uh, in that scene he's talking about, Ray catches a lightsaber bolt or freezes it, kind of Kylo Ren style in The Force Awakens. It's real quick. And the then she, bolt. yeah, throws it into a, a stormtrooper. That shit is badass. Yeah, that is cool. I like the freezing the blaster bolts. That is cool. All right. Uh, Next up, we have a voicemail from Jonathan Grosso. Let's hear what he has to say. Yo, and happy birthday to the Beard of Knowledge, Hawes Burkhart. I am extremely lucky and grateful to have you be one of my best friends in this entire world. I miss so much talking to you every week. I'm so glad that we got to catch up a couple days ago and uh, talk for our long historic hour plus chats. Uh, I hope your birthday is going to be amazing. I'm sure it is. Uh, I know Jesse is probably preparing an amazing meal for you with her chef talents. I want to also uh, let you know that when your birthday comes around, I will probably drop everything I'm doing and give you a call. And uh, although I don't expect to stay on the phone with you for over an hour, uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you on your actual birthday as well. So uh, on behalf of the community, you know, happy birthday to the Beard of Knowledge. I know you're using your amazing magical powers and mystic beard to fight off any 
disease or virus that's going to come your way. So stay safe. I love you. Happy birthday. Talk soon. Speaking of the beard, and thanks, buddy. That means a lot to me. Um, Jesse's been trying to get me to shave my beard. Yeah? Yeah, because she's been reading reports about how I guess the virus can stay active in a beard or something. Uh, I don't know about virus being active. One of the things that my wife told me was that the respirators don't form a seal around your nose and mouth if you have facial hair. So a lot of the healthcare workers are having to mail, are having to shave their beards in order to be able to effectively wear those masks. Oh, yeah. Well, if it's between, as long my... as you wash your beard with soap. Oh yeah, you know, all the soap. time. I have a clean ass beard. Uh, it's fun, you know. I can't stand nothing worse. It makes than a me beard. touch my face. Oh my god. Dude. I scratch and touch my face all the time. I'll be scratching. I'll be all up in my beard, and I'll be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be touching my face. But if you got a beard. Can I tell I, you something? So, you know, I have fairly mild, uh, like, pollen allergy, right? Right. Well, what's been happening in our area the last week and a half? It's been getting a little warmer. So that means the pollen is out. Big time. I mowed the yard today. Yeah. And we had a little shower, and it swiped all the pollen down, and you could just see this river of pollen in the gutters. And I, uh, so the minute I open our front door in the morning I'm, my nose immediately starts running i get a little tickle in my throat and then you know it goes away fairly quickly it'll like my then my nose gets super dry and things like that but my eyes itch so bad so yeah. i just constantly want to rub my eyes and stuff but i'm not supposed to be touching my face and then my, i start getting paranoid like it's like my brain totally forgets that i have these allergies so i'll start sniffling in the morning and clearing my throat and i'll be like oh god this is how it begins. I got it. This is the beginning of the end. <clears throat> and then I'm like asking Jesse to feel my forehead to see if I got a fever. And it's, it sure is something. It sure is something. Thanks again. Do you John. have a, do you have a thermometer? Yes. You Just know, making sure that's you the more technical, you know, appropriate way to do such things. Uh, so next up we got a email from James Yarko. It says, no cheating. You can't listen until you record. But there's no attachment, buddy. I'm sorry. We're missing out on your message. Next time. Uh, next up, we got an email from our buddy Blake. Uh, no pressing questions for the show other than to say that I love you and wish you well in these weird-ass times. Happy birthday to you, Halls. You are a truly a gem of a human. I don't know about all that. I'm currently saving my pennies to buy you a cameo from our mutual hero, Hard Rock Nick. Stay sane and s safe and sane, everyone. Blake. Oh, my goodness. If if Hard Rock Nick makes it out of this unscathed, I don't know that I want to live in this world. Fucking Hard it's, Rock Nick. Is it bad that I kind of was hoping the real Vince Neil would leave us a voicemail this week? <laughs> Dude. Can I tell you, speaking of cameo, so the other day, Jesse was like, I ordered something for your birthday and I it's not going to happen. I got refunded for it today. And I was like, don't oh. worry about it. What is it? She's like, I tried to get Daniel Logan, you know, who played Boba Fett in yeah. Attack of the Clones, to do a cameo for you for the show and for your birthday. I was like, oh, man. She's like, yeah. So I did it and they give him seven days to fulfill the order and he bailed. 
and you can kind of like with everything going on i'm sure like yeah you know i i totally get it but man would that have been cool and she said one of the things like so i guess you sort of write out a message for them she wanted them to say was to was say like oh and that was definitely boba fett at the end of that episode of the mandalorian yeah man that would have been cool that would have been cool oh man that is uh that's a woman that knows you and knows what you like. That's she, a good she knows a good lady. Me. Okay, here we have a voicemail from Jason. Drinking, smoking, you know, how we anything you wanna pick. <laughs> my brother Chudon found him living in the streets when he was a kid. So my father took him in. He's a good podcaster. He's going to be consigliere someday. Get off my leg, Chudongula. Come on, man. Get down. Get down. Bad dog. Bad dog. What's up, honey? It's Haz's birthday. We're in quarantine. It's Haza's birthday. We're gonna get postmates. There's Chewbacca's and stuff. Haza's getting older. But it's pretty cool. Hey, you gotta wake up in the morning and eat coffee. It's Haza's birthday. There was a Chewbacca there. And there's a Wookiee. And it's his birthday. And it's his birthday. And it's his birthday. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Haas. You're one of the best buds I ever had. There's a lot of fake ass motherfuckers in this game, but Haas is the real deal. And that's been proven by time and experience. Happy birthday, man. He's no good to me, dead. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All true things. That was awesome. I like... those be- was that Beetle? It was Beetle. There was some uh, there was a little Beetle in there. Oh man, he's the oh. baddest cat. He's as bad as can. <laughs> he knows he's the best, and he knows he's the best. <laughs> oh, all right. Next up, we have a voicemail from Sean. Hey, Haws and Will. I just wanted to call this week and wish Haws a very happy birthday, especially in this time of coronavirus and social distancing. Uh, hopefully, you have a very happy birthday and. Uh, Fingers crossed that uh, they do not move Star Wars Celebration and we can all meet up again and have a good time. All right, take it easy, guys. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, I hope things are are nice and back to normal, as normal as possible by August. That would be great, buddy. That would be great. <laughs> and and I should add that uh, don't worry about me on my birthday, guys, because social distancing or not, I probably be doing the exact same thing that i'm gonna be doing this <laughs> i i don't know if it was you i was talking to or somebody else but i was like are you kidding me i'm i'm a i was a broke chef and a gamer like i've been training for this i didn't go out to clubs i didn't have any money all i did was come home from a job and socially isolate <clears throat> okay we we got to keep moving we got to keep moving Next up, we got an email from our buddy, Mr. Brandon Manriquez. Happy birthday, 
Happiest of birthdays, my main man. Hope it's a good one. Thanks for always being the kindest of dudes. Uh, buddy. <laughs> You're the kindest of dudes. Brandon. I cannot take that title when you hold that title. Everybody keep our boy Brandon and all of our other uh, friends and family and associates and acquaintances working in the healthcare field right now. Keep them all in your thoughts because... Especially Man. in California. It's getting bad out there. Yeah, I, I I, talked to Brandon last week a little bit. You know, I've just been trying to check up on him. I'll probably try to call him tomorrow or Saturday. And Man, I hope he's all right. And I hope everybody else involved yeah. in that field of work is taken care of. And I hope your employers are taking care of you. All right, next up, we got a voicemail from the lady who inspired these shenanigans. I'm sorry, guys, because... Uh, the lovely Miss Jessie McGarity bullied you guys into doing this. I, I do appreciate it. It's maybe slightly embarrassing for me. I appreciate it, though. You don't but, like hearing how much everybody loves you and how badass you are? I mean, who doesn't? I'm only human, William. Because it's all true. I mean, I don't know about all that, but I do appreciate it. But I, I don't like my birthday. You know what I mean? It's one of those things I don't like a big deal being made out of it, like... I don't like racing closer to death every year. Well, but it then is let nice. your friends just make it a little big, a little deal, a little big deal once a year. Okay, well, let's hear what Jesse's voicemail has to say because I think this is, she, it's the, to, the subject one is, this one is for me and highly embarrassing. So Ooh. let's Ooh, hear what preface. she has to say. Hey guys, so I know Huzz's birthday is coming up. And as sort of a little gift of sorts, I wanted to share a snippet from today's entry in my newly started quarantine journal. Day five, we've run out of snacks due to all the anxiety eating. As store shelves are now barren, I'm considering offering Haas the booty as groceries. In these unnerving times, I must, I must insist he scrub it vigorously with soap and water while I sing happy birthday, of course. We shall overcome. Well, guys, that's it that for tonight. That is it for tonight. I have to go take care of something. We love you guys. Take it. I'm just kidding. He said, run that bath water. <laughs> Give me a Clorox wipe. You hear this? That's me rubbing Purell on my hands. <laughs> so next up, we have a message from our buddy, Outlaw Noah. Uh, and what one of my favorite things is the subject is Hall's birthday message. Thank you, buddy. But then the file name that he sent me is Howard birthday message howard and that is a callback from that the guy is. that is obscure our old weed guy who i texted i was like hey man this is halls but my autocorrect changed it to howard and then that dude called me howard for two years after that and i refused to correct him i told him i sat down with him i was like his name's halls he's like really i've been calling him howard forever i was like i know he he's he's, <laughs> he's not weird. gonna tell you to stop <laughs> <laughs> he would call me up and be like, how's it going, Mr. Howard? And I'd be like, pretty good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Just rolled along. I don't want to impose on anybody. All right, let's hear what Noah has to say. Haas, buddy, it's Noah. I uh, just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And 
it's a real bummer that your birthday kind of falls on a, uh, you know, right in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, uh, but, you know, if we can get through this and we're all okay and we can somehow, you know, uh, hopefully get to Star Wars Celebration here in August, well, we'll have a good time and, you know, we'll have drinks and we'll have a party and we'll celebrate your birthday then. How about that? Fuck coronavirus 2020. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. I've got a roll of shiny nickels waiting on you, sir. <laughs> I made a bet with Noah at Celebration last year, and now I owe him a roll of shiny nickels. Oh, what was the bet? Um, I can't remember. All I remember is that I owe him a roll of shiny nickels. I think it had something to do with our buddy Corey. <clears throat> Next up, we got an email from our buddy Rashad. Hey, Halls and Will. First of all, hoping you and friends and family are safe during this strange times. Second, a big ol' happy birthday to you, Halls. I hope you have a great day, day filled with games and enhancements. Uh, you can count on it, buddy. Thought I'd ask a fun question for you two, and not sure if it's been asked, for, asked before, but if you had to cast any Star Wars character as a member of Tool, ooh, <coughs> who would it be? My list, Maynard, Darth Maul, Edgelord, Waxes Philosophical, definitely into DMT. Justin Tan Chancellor, The Mandalorian, steady, focused, and will definitely sneak up on you with some heavy power. Danny Carey, Foden Bede. Danny is an octopus and it only seems appropriate. You need two heads and four arms to recreate his sound. Adam Jones, Kylo Ren, a prodigy, angsty, and aggressive. May the force be with you. Ooh. I could see Maynard being Darth Maul. I like that one. That casting seems pretty. Who else is kind of like... Because I love Maynard, but he's pretty pretentious. Who's someone that's kind of pretentious in Star Wars? Mm, I'm having a hard time picking someone from Star Wars that's Maynard. Like, like maybe Jocasta knew. Like Maynard would maybe. definitely be the kind of dude who if you're like, <clears throat> uh, this should be in the archives. And he was like, uh, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist, you fool. I hate to say it, but Keati Mundy's pretty pretentious. Oh my god. Perfect. Perfect. Maynard is Keati Mundy. <laughs> Fuck yes. Justin Chancellor, the Mandalorian. I could kind of see that. Um Mandalorian. I'm I'm digging that all right. Um Danny Carey. Foden Bead, I think, is a pretty cause he does have four arms. I see where that goes. I would think <laughs> I see where that goes. Um uh you know cuz he's like he's such a good drummer. He he plays like he's got four arms. Um maybe Borgullet cuz Borgullet's kind of an octopus. No, Danny. No. No. Danny is that weird fucking elder god creature in the maw in Solo. The big space squid thing. Oh my goodness. That's Danny. That's what Danny is. And Adam Jones. So I could see why you want to go with this. A prodigy, angsty, and aggressive. But if you listen to like podcasts that Adam's been on or interviews, he's not really angsty or aggressive anymore. He's kind of a laid back, nerdy dude. Like he really likes comic books and um, wrestling and shit. So I'm trying to think someone that would fit that role. Laid back talented nerdy 
Like maybe if Han Solo was into, but I don't know that Danny or that Adam is smooth like Han Solo. But if, but if Han Solo was into guitar instead of ships and, and piloting, that might be a closer analogy. I don't know. That's a tough one. Watto? No, he's not Watto. No. No. I'm a Deuterian. Um, Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Only money. All right. Next up, we have a second voicemail from our buddy Jim. Oz and Will. Happy damn birthday, Oz. Uh, I hope that you're not bummed about... I know you're not going to be going to a damn concert or something like that for your birthday. But I want you to look on the bright side. Right now, people are... You know, you're going to be able to get in some good video games. Some good reading. I'm sure King Tom's through whatever book uh, just came out. He's already done. I mean, people are... They're stuck. But you know what? They, uh, they're going to get desperate. And they're going to get bored. And they're going to get creative. And you can see it already happening on Twitter, just people using this free time. And right now, there could be, somebody could be writing the best damn Star Wars movie you've ever seen. Right now. Because they're stuck. And, uh, you know, after you see it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, Return of the Empire and uh, The Jedi Strike Back. Those are great movies. Yeah, I'm all about this new stuff. So, you know, stay positive about that. And um, I just want to say that, you know, I'm happy that uh, that Ma Ma Hawes, uh, Maws had a little baby boy uh, all those years ago. And I'm happy you're here because... Uh, you know, Star Wars has had its ups and downs with, you know, little letdowns and, and awesome things. Uh, but, you know, you and Will have, have yet to let us down with excellent entertainment every week. And, uh, you know, people have hard times and stress in their lives. And uh, you, you guys really uh, are there for, I mean, a, a solid rock. And we all really appreciate what you guys do. So I just wanted to say thank you and happy birthday and ignite the green. Thank you, buddy. That is quite the way to look at it positively. I got to say, and <laughs> Will will tell you before this, I was uh, laying out my philosophy for this whole thing. And it did involve some trying to be as positive as possible, which Will will also tell you. Not always my best suit sometimes. I feel like it doesn't I'm, come the easiest uh, to my boy. But yeah, you're doing well maintaining the positivity. I feel like I've gotten a lot better about it. You know, since you know, 2005 when we met till now, a lot better about it. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy from the Geek Dudes, Mr. Chris Fresh. <clears throat> Even Chris Fresh isn't. Uh, immune to a little bullying from Jesse McGarity. Check that out. Hello there, Blue Harvest. It's Chris Fresh here from the Geek Dudes podcast, here to join in the celebration and merriment of our beloved whores. Dude, you know how much you mean to me. I 
I just think you're one of the best dudes out there. I I don't know anyone that's got a bad word to say about you, mate. You were just the bomb.com. But anyway, I want to do something special for your birthday, but I felt a lot of pressure because you made me this amazingly awesomely produced birthday greeting with sound effects and stuff like it was a masterpiece. And I'm not good at doing any of that stuff. You know, I get Jonesy to push all the buttons on my podcast. Like, I I was like, what am I going to do? Now, I'm not known for singing or writing lyrics either, but I've decided, buddy, to write you a song for your birthday. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm nervous, but here it goes, and I, I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> Star Wars, including Boba and Yoda, Quill and the Mando, Slave One and X-Wings, ships gambled by Lando, Jedi who are allowed to have multiple flings, these are a few of Hor's favourite things, Corn disturbed Limp Bizkit and Static X, fans with logos of a satanic hex, you probably even secretly like Creed, but it still won't stop our friendship to succeed. Your dogs are Dharma and Luna, cats are Walter, Jet Li, Mushu and Finn. You want to add a pet that eats out of a bin? You will probably try, die trying to pat a big grizzly bear. The fact you don't own a monkey seems really unfair. Pegging by Jesse, passing farts will get messy. A friendship with Will that lasts. When I think of what an awesome dude you are, I'm lucky to have my buddy from Alabama. Oh, that was wonderful. Well, I hope that hasn't ruined your day. Happy it birthday, made my buddy. day. Love you. Oh, my God. And no, I'm not in the Creed, Chris Fresh. I have seen every one of those bands you listed live, though. But I'm not into Creed. <laughs> Thank you so much, buddy. Wow. <coughs> oh, my that God. Was, uh, that was a good effort. It took some writing and some production, some beautiful. performance. He's How's a beautiful that? man. He's not a monster. Don't listen to the Canto. Well, you should listen to the Canto Bite Dispatch. But don't listen to them about Chris Fresh being a monster. <clears throat> All right, next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy, Rick. Hey, Oz and Will. It's, uh, it's Rick outside of Chicago. And um, hey, what a week. The whole world kind of changed on us. Um, got that Rise of Skywalker movie. Got the book. I was uh, one of the lucky few that had a copy of the book early um, and I got to thinking about something in the book uh, kind of more so than what's in the movie pertaining to the uh, the larger themes and connections in the, the poetry of Star Wars and all that jazz but um, the, the idea of a dyad in episode 9 and how it's explained a little bit more in the book, kind of exactly, not really what it means, but uh, how it affects Palpatine and his leanings and stuff like that. And uh, it got me to thinking about how that ultimately what it is, the dyad is a, 
it's a it's the power of connection it's the power of uh people coming together to face a greater threat or a conflict or in the case of star wars uh an evil overlord type of thing um but it seems to me that that's a theme that's been there if we're looking at it from a story aspect from the very beginnings of episode one and it's always been there for star wars um what do we hear in episode one is the idea of a symbiote circle between oh no i messed it up it's been there if we're looking at it from a story aspect from the very beginnings of episode one and it's always been there for star wars um what do we hear in episode one is the idea of a symbiote circle between the Naboo and the Gungans. And if we follow that all the way through, there has always been this idea of pairing and connections and coming together to, uh, like I said, face that, that foe, that greater evil, or to find solace or whatever the case is. We've, we've, we see this all throughout the, the saga, um, the idea of a rule of two, you know, one master, one apprentice, uh, both light side and dark side. Um, specific things, Leia's comforting Luke, the idea just of twins um, who grew up completely separate from each other but came together to um, forge a, a bond that would ultimately change the universe. And um, it's been that way this week, kind of in a strange way in our real world, in, in my head. And it's been very harrowing to see people um, be afraid. And it's understandable that we have kind of gotten to a point um, with what's going on in the world, not even just for any one of us locally, that we are encouraged to be separate, to isolate and to really not connect. Um, but the thing ultimately that's going to help us, any of us, is to remain connected, uh, to remain together, to find a way to um, be that bond, even if it's just you and one other person. Um, we're lucky that we live in an age where the idea of social networking and social media is a thing that we can be in our own worlds, uh, physically separated from each other but still find a way to connect. You know, we have things like DMs or phone calls or FaceTime or, uh, you know, Zoom, Skype, whatever it is that you're using, or even in a podcast where you can't really respond in real time to what the other person is saying, but you can still be in the moment with them and, and share ideas and feelings, um, especially ones of frustration or anger or sadness or whatever they are. Um, you know that there's somebody out there on the other end who may potentially come to you and say, hey, it's all right, it, it's gonna be okay. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we as a community of people, not just Star Wars fans, uh, I'm talking about the larger community of humanity to think about what it means to really connect. Um, I've been randomly sending out text messages, texts and, uh, and DMs to people just asking how they're doing um, and having conversations in DMs. I don't wanna look at my feed on, on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, I want to have conversations with people and find out how they are. I mean, because we all feel the same way. Um, but I want to be able to let people know that 
we are all in a symbiotic relationship with one another. You know, that's one of those themes at Star Wars that right now in our very real world seems like a thing that um, needs to be expressed more often, that these are connections that we need to have. Um, And I know, like I said, that there's a lot of uh, fears and kind of craziness and just insanity of everything that's going on. And so you'll see me post, you know, crazy, funny things here and there just because we need levity. Um, But all that said, um, to my brother Hawes, I, I, you know, you have a birthday and I want to say happy birthday to you and know that myself and a lot of other people are thinking of you, even though we can't be together and um, we can be together in a different way. My birthday is next week. um, And, you know, I'm used to going out and being in a bar or something and celebrating with friends and you know what, that's not going to happen and I'm okay with it. Um, but you know, my, my point basically is, is having something like Star Wars be the thing that we fall into in times of stress or whatever they may be having that fictional world there for us, um, to remind us that in our real world, um, the things that we can take from Star Wars, um, matter in a very real world world setting. So, uh, to you, my brother Hawes and my brother Will, um, we're in this together. You know, we hear, uh, we hear uh, Anthony, a real farm boy, say that we're all in this together. It takes on a different meaning now. And uh, just know that uh, to those of you who listen, you know, my DMs are generally open for, you know, followers, whatever, Twitter, if we're connected on Facebook. We should take the time to reach out to each other and just let, you know, let, e- let each other know that we're there for each other in, in a way that is not a handshake or a hug, but in a way that says, I'm willing to listen. And even though none of us really has answers for things we can still rest on the ideas of hope and optimism that something like star wars also teaches us and that's where i'm at um i you know there's good news in the world and i want to spread more of that and let you guys know that i appreciate this podcast and i appreciate the community of friends that have grown out of it as silly as it may see some seem sometimes um we are a a weird found family you know these themes of star wars exist for us so i don't want to take up too much more of your time but just know that uh we can be there for each other in ways that we maybe hadn't considered before um in times like this so um i wanted to keep this upbeat but you know the world is as it is so ozzy Hawes, um happy birthday brother just uh want to get that out to you will don't go uh, find people at the Walmart. It ain't worth it. <laughs> um, so, uh, with as big a smile on my face as I can, uh, as I can send through these airwaves, I love you both. I love everybody that's listening. Just know that we're gonna see this through, and uh, we'll pull through on the other side. And uh, it'll be one of those things. It'll be a footnote in history for a lot of people, and hopefully us too. So, um, I will leave you guys to. Uh, Carry on, and uh, may the force be with you, brothers. Love you. Thank you, buddy. Wise words from a wise man. And happy early birthday to you, Rick. Thank you, buddy. All right, moving along. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Next up, now this is a rapscallion we haven't heard from in a little bit. He faced down Jedi Master. Well, he didn't have the rank of Master. Jedi Knight 
Anakin Skywalker shortly after his fall. Oh, really? And we thought he was gone. He said, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What do we do? But he survived. And he calls into our podcast sometime. It's our buddy, Soars Bandim. Hello, this is Soars Bandim, and I'm back. Now, I just wanted to send a quick message to say happy birthday to Hawes. Listening to you, Hawes, every week is always a pleasure and never a chore. And with that, I just wanted to share this with you. I've heard you're a little monster, so I believe oh, you no. might like this. It makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> reason you and me should be alone tonight yeah baby tonight yeah baby i got the reason that you who should take me home tonight i need a man who thinks it's right when it's so wrong tonight yeah baby tonight yeah baby right on the limits where we need to belong tonight <laughs> It's hard to feel the rush To push the dangerous I'm gonna run right to To the edge with you Where we can both fall over in love I'm on the edge Of glory And I'm hanging on a moment of truth Out on the edge Of glory And I'm hanging on a moment with you Thank you, buddy. And uh, say say thank you to your buddy Chris for me, too. Uh, that's better than a cameo from Daniel Logan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Next up, <laughs> we got an email from uh, from Coop at Dark Sith, Sick of This. Hey, guys, and happy birthday, Halls. This is actually my first time writing, so I was really feeling the pressure. Do I go full production comedy skit? Heartfelt birthday toast. Get high and realize I don't have any of those skills? Yep. I don't have any Star Wars for you other than to say it's pretty neat. I'm just here to say happy birthday and connect all our little islands for a minute. Which got me thinking, trademark King Tom. Or Tom Chansky. Maybe it's just the mandatory transfusion of Fred Rogers' blood that all people in my region are given at birth, but I can't... I can still look around and see people contributing good in this way or that everywhere. The world is just a big ass damn, big damn ass neighborhood really. And it's because of those good people like that like cactus Jack, sexy younger brother over here that when we get through this, we will establish fully automated gay space communism with robot pants. Happy birthday. Pet that dog. I refuse to proofread this. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. 
hook me up with them robot pants after this is all over. Mm. You want to see somebody doing some good? Get me in some robot pants. <clears throat> I'd right, be high kicking it down the road. This is from our buddy Sith Lord Cookie. Hey, Halls and Will, it's your friend from Florida here. A non-Star Wars related email this week. As an assistant produce manager of a local grocery store, just wanted to put out a shout out to all grocery workers. It's been tough this week during due to the circumstances happening around this country. So if you're in a store, give thanks to your local grocery workers. It really goes a long way. I'll sure to have some Star Wars relate something Star Wars related next week. P.S. Thankful for Doom Eternal coming out this week. That will really help to relieve some stress for sure. Also, I really miss the soundboard. Bring that thing back. Have a good show and stay safe, guys. I'll definitely bring the sound show back. And uh, yeah, man. Good luck to you guys, you and anybody else that works in grocery stores. I imagine it has been a nightmare. I've never seen anything like it going in those grocery stores and just being out of things. There yeah. being no beef, no beef on the shelf, no chicken on the shelf, like no, no Fruit Loops. All the Fruit Loops are gone. Like oh, it's man. just incredible. No bread. Yeah. No, and, no bread. And then, uh, you know, I was seeing pictures today of people going to the grocery store and being like, look, they're restocking. Because it's not that there's a food shortage. People are just No, going people are panic buying as well. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, as like I said. Be safe out those, there. You know, the bread, the, the six loaves of bread someone bought are going to mold or the freezer is going to fill up eventually. Like, people can't keep all this panic buying produce, you know, and like. Yeah. go through it. It, it eventually they won't have space to keep all this stuff and the stores will be shell you know shelves will be stocked and it'll be fine i believe you are correct sir next up we got an email from Brittany brown downtown Brittany brown from the canto bite dispatch hello halls just wanted to stop by and wish you a happy birthday we hope you have a wonderful day from Brittany boo and rusty man the browns Perhaps one of America's most wholesome families. Brittany Boo and Rusty too. Man, I love those guys. Man, I miss those guys. Man, I hope things are back to normal and we can all go to celebration because I could do for a hangout with all of them. They're really nice. They are. And Boo, don't worry, buddy, if you do listen. Um, I'm sure the next Spider-Man movie will happen, no problem. It might get delayed a little bit. Boo loves Spider-Man, so I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's real worried about that. I mean, who doesn't? They can I'm, make the animated one. You can stay inside and draw that one. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could golf, because you know what sounds like a fun time going golfing with Rusty and Brandon. They go on a little golf uh, excursion sometimes, and I bet you that's just fucking delightful. I bet it is. And you guys should check out the Canto Bite Dispatch. It's real good. And the Sith list with our buddy Boo, <laughs> and eight on like eight or nine other really kick-ass dudes too. All right, next up we have a message from our buddy Andy from Star Wars Ramblings. Hey, Oz. Hey, Will. It's Andy Signer. Giving you guys a call real quick. First off, uh, Oz, happy fucking birth, Miss Man. I know that your birthday's coming up on Saturday. And I just wanted to uh, <laughs> fulfill my threat to eventually, maybe even someday, send in a voicemail to the podcast. And uh, yeah, with the crazy ass fucking times going on right now, um, I hope you and yours 
to both of you are doing okay and weathering the changes in society. <laughs> Yikes. But what, on a white, more lighthearted note, the question I wanted to ask you guys actually stems from a, uh, a goofy-ass conversation I was having with uh, my wife, Morgan, and uh, two of our friends, Gemma and Jewel, where, um, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck we ended up doing it, but we ended up just basically recasting all of Star Wars as, like, household pet animals. <laughs> so, like, Callus was, like, an abused golden retriever that was rescued by Zeb, who, in this universe, is just human mm. and is, like, an awesome dude that, like, goes around and helps rehabilitate abused dogs from, like, rescue shelters. Uh, Padme was, like, a service dog that could have been a show dog. Ray and Ben were, like, the, the, like, rainbow and black parakeet that you see, you know, popping up on, like, Reddit and Imgur and Twitter every once in a while. And Palpatine was like the worst carpet pissing pug on the fucking planet, you know, shit like that. So I was wondering, this is a question for both of you. What type of like household pet animal doesn't have to be domesticated, obviously, but what kind of like dog, cat, bird, whatever the fuck, you know, reptile, whatever would Boba Fett be? Because I don't know that character with a shit. Um, but, uh, yeah. I was wondering what your stance was on what type of pet animal would Boba Fett be? I got and it. And also, bonus question, happy birthday, Haas. What Star Wars character would be the best raccoon? Ooh. I have an idea in my head about who that would be, but I'm wondering whether or not that lines up with you. So, y'all have a wonderful one. Enjoy figuring out who the trash band of Star Wars is, and uh, may the Force be with you, and much love to you both. Take care. <clears throat> check out Andy's podcast as well and his YouTube channel at Star Wars Ramblings um well, okay what would Boba Fett be buddy you jumped in you're like I got it I got it. it it's something instantly sprang to mind okay uh when I was making my travels to and from New York before this happened there was a falconer walking through the airport with mm-hmm. a falcon on his arm and it's basically oh, birds oh, fuck yes a birds get in the airport birds get in like the concourses and like there's no real way to get them out except you bring the falconer and the falcon sends the falcon to go you know kill the birds and like that's what well, you know bounty hunter bird like oh okay wow that's pretty brutal i thought it was just a dude that was like i got a falcon i'm gonna go to the airport and show it off no I didn't, he's no. there to kill the birds to get inside wow brutal can't have them pooping inside and I spreading get disease and whatnot. I get it. I get it. It's still a little brutal. Uh, I was going to say, like, Boba Fett would be a scary-looking dog. Like, a dog that you go over to your friend's house and you go, that dog looks scary. Like, I don't know, like a, maybe like a Doberman. Not a Doberman. Yeah, a Doberman or... German Shepherd. Yeah, German Shepherd or maybe a Pit Bull. But yeah. it turns out there ain't that much to be afraid of. Like you give him some pats and he's just going to fall into his sarlacc shaped bed. Roll over so and let you rub his belly. Try to touch his favorite squeaky toy and then he'll rip your face off like the man. <laughs> <laughs> now what Star Wars character would be a raccoon? So you need something that's a little like shifty, a little secretive, a little sneaky even. Spry. Spry. 
maybe the what's the lizard monkey? Kwakian monkey lizard. Um, uh, what what is his name? Uh, Salacious Crumb. Salacious, Salacious Crumb. Crumb. How do I forget that? Yeah, I don't see him as much of a raccoon. Um, although if I had a pet raccoon and I laid sideways on my couch with my shirt off, it would look like Jabba the Hutt and a and our and Salacious <laughs> B. Crumb. And he would be curled up. Yeah, and he'd be like little <laughs> eating snacks out of your bowl, your snack bowl. <laughs> um, I don't know who would be the best. So like maybe Ezra. Like think of Ezra pre meeting the rebels. He's like living on the street. Living by the seat of his pants, urchin. like Han Solo on on uh, Corellia. Uh, young Han Solo on Corellia. Yeah, good. I think that's good. the answer. I think that's the answer I'm going with. <clears throat> All right, next up we have a voicemail from our buddy Josh Chapman from Star Wars Spelt Out. Check out that podcast if you haven't already. It's excellent as well. Hey whores, it's your buddy Josh Chapman here, wishing you a happy birthday and uh, sending you all the best wishes from uh, down here in Australia where we're uh, currently having our own little lockdown party. Um, now just in tribute to your favourite band, this birthday message is going to go for 11 minutes or so, so I'm just going to uh, just get comfortable and get started here. So uh, I'd like to um, go back to the time where I first heard about uh, Blue Harvest and you and, and Will and... Actually, I think that's going to take a little bit too long, but um, I just want to send a shout-out to, to you guys and hope you're doing well down there, and also props to, to Jesse for organising this and reaching out. And hopefully we will see you all at Celebration um, whenever that will be, whether it's this year or later in the year or next year, but I think we can all agree it's going to be a bit of a special one after uh, all we've, we're going through and, and whether it'll happen or not. So let's uh, cross our fingers and hope for the best. And hope you have a really great time. Okay, mate. See you later. Oh, there's a kangaroo outside. <laughs> Beautiful. I That's think... my favorite part of that song. The Vegemite Sandwich. <laughs> Vegemite Sandwich. Is that Men Without Hats? Is that the band's name? Or is it Men Oh, I don't know. Um... You're asking the wrong guy. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sure I. I just could sing that myself. song word for word. Have no idea who sang it. Um, yeah. It's men without hats. They do the safety dance. Oh, I see. I bet you. I bet you that's why I have it confused. Minute work. I knew men was in the title. I knew there. men was in the title. <clears throat> S S S A A A. <laughs> um, man. Whenever celebration happens, I propose a giant Star Wars friends and family group hug just to be like, we got through that shit, guys, right? And I am excited to see whatever the merch mind of Josh Chapman comes up for the next celebration because his Star Wars spelt out beanies were a big hit. I love mine. In fact, if Corona takes me out, catch me in the casket wearing that piece. People be like, why is he wearing a toboggan? And Jesse will just have to be like, look, he had a lot of weird wishes if this happened. That is that is the least one you need to be worried about. Wait until you see what happens. And then it, like, then I sit up in the casket and somebody starts operating me like a puppet in the middle of the service. Like I'm still alive. That would be good. 
<clears throat> Next up, we got an email from Chase. Hey there, Blue Harvest. My name is Chase Botwin from good old Utah. Hey, man. I hope you guys are okay after the earthquake this week. You and Utah, Dougie. <clears throat> I've never written into any show, so I'll do my best on this. When Disney announced they were making new Star Wars films, I de dove headfirst into listening to podcasts. I started out with the basic pods, including the RFR dickheads, but it took me a little bit to find something that really clicked with me. Eventually, I found Blue Harvest, and I fell in love. You guys had the perfect show for me as... Me, as my wife can attest, I fucking love Halsey Halls. And in fact, about two years ago, I finally decided that I wanted to make something for you and worked on it for a while and got pretty close to finishing it. But I have a giant project problem of diving into new projects before finishing others, and the last couple of years have been jam-packed with plenty of various perler bead, costuming, painting, and other projects. Well, since the world lost its mind and basically everything is on forced vacation, I am buried your project and started up again. I had way more planned for it, but it's time for me to just buckle down and finish what I already have. The other parts I had planned would have been very extra icing on what is already a finely made cake. So just wanted to wish you a very, very happy birthday, and hopefully I can get my ass in gear and get your two years belated birthday present to you soon. You include can include this or just leave this part out, but I'm on Twitter as Chase Botwin. C-137, and I post all my random kick-ass art projects on my Instagram as tough underscore luck underscore kid. You guys should check that shit out. This man is a master with the perler bead. I didn't know what a fucking perler bead was. Well, I, I knew, like I'd seen them, but I didn't know that was the term for them until I saw my boy's Instagram. He does some amazing Ricky Mor Rick and Morty stuff, all kinds of cool shit. So oh, wow. you guys should check that out. <clears throat> next up we have kimberly sterling she has to say hey halls and will just wanted to th say thanks for putting out such a fun episode every week getting to listen to you guys is a great distraction from everything going on right now and a bright spot in these very bleak times also heard it was your birthday this weekend halls and wanted to wish you a very happy birthday i hope you and jesse have a great time celebrating and that you finally get to befriend that raccoon I'm not an expert on working with raccoons, but from my limited experience, I can tell you that they love Pringles, marshmallows, and small, shiny objects. You can also try leaving a blanket or something from your home out near the food to help him familiarize them with your scent. Hope these tips help and hope you get to hang out with that raccoon really soon. Keep up the great podcasting and may the force be with you, Kim Sterling. Thank you very much, Kim. Kim. Some good ideas. Kim worked in like a raccoon re rehabilitation, like a raccoon sanctuary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Living the dream. You want a raccoon, a quick raccoon update? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, last Thursday when we recorded, I saw him. I finally got to see the raccoon. He was out right. in the tree in our yard. For the next three or four days, he made appearances. The next day, we uh, Jesse goes out. And he's just hanging out in a tree watching Jesse and the dogs in the backyard. She got an excellent picture of him. Then that night, I'm up late playing video games. This had, this had to be Friday night, I think. And time rolls around. It's time for me to go to bed. So I'm you know going through and uh, getting ready for bed, having a little water before bed. And I pass by our side door and something catches me out of the corner of my eye. And the little dude is standing on his hind legs with his little raccoon hands and face pressed against the window in our door. Oh, wow. He was right there. 
watching me. He would me. come inside if you let him. I think he would. He would tear everything up inside. I know. I'm not looking to make him an inside raccoon. I'm looking to have an outside raccoon that comes to visit me and, be, and, and befriends me. And I think the blanket idea is really good. And then the last... The blanket and the shiny object. Those yeah. are both good ideas. <clears throat> and, and we know he's been out there eating cat food because we see little raccoon paw prints in the water bowl. Because, you know, they like to wash stuff. Yeah, wash their hands, too. Um, yeah, they follow really good health. You should be like a raccoon and wash your damn hands. Um, and then the last update I have is one day I was sitting here a couple days ago working. And the dogs start barking at something out the front door. And I look, and he's just walking down the street <laughs> in our neighborhood. What, oh ran into a bush in our neighbor's yard. He's just chilling. I have started, established his, uh, he's at home in your neighborhood. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I've, I've established that he is our lucky raccoon. So seeing my lucky raccoon is a good sign. I haven't seen him in a couple of days, so I really need him to show up and show his face. Could really use a lucky raccoon sighting right about now. All right, coming up on the end, we got one more voicemail. That's from our buddy, uh, Matthew Thurban. Hey, Hawes and Will. It's your buddy Turbo calling from Sydney, Australia. Um, I don't think I've ever sent in a voicemail to Blue Harvest, even though I've been listening to you guys for ages. Um, so what better time to send in a voicemail than to say happy birthday to Hawes? So... Um, I hope you guys are well. I hope you're uh, bunkering down with your family and all friends, um, staying safe in this crazy world that we live in right now. Um, so, yeah, look, I think what the world needs needs now is uh, more cook- cooking with Will episodes. So, um, you know, we're, we're all probably in the kitchen trying to cook our zombie apocalypse food. So I'm, I'm keen, to, keen for some more Will episodes. So I, I have a few suggestions. Um, I'd love to see what Will can do with a jar of Vegemite. Now, Vegemite's the best on toast, but it has been used for things like marinades and stocks and sauces, um, really good with meat. So, yeah, really keen to hear what Will can do with Vegemite. I'm not sure how easy it is to get over in your neck of the woods, but um, I'd be happy to send you across some. Um, Another thing that... Another question I had was around... Um, the Mandalorian episode. Now, the theory around, Hall's theory around um, Boba Fett being the, the feet um, next to Fennec Shand in, I think, episode six or seven, I think it was. Um, I think that's a great theory, but I think I think I have a better one. Um, I, my theory is that those boots, uh, that cape, that, that clunking sound, is actually Emperor's Nest. Um, oh. It kind of makes sense Ooh. in the timeline. Um, and I think it would be a cool kind of crossover from from Rogue One um, and and Emperor's Nest sort of hooking up with Fennec Shand in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. So uh, I, I think it, that's wishful thinking, but um, that's, that's my go-to at the moment. So anyway, keen to hear what you guys think about that and um, stay safe and may the Force be with you. Mm, okay I, I I still think it's Boba Fett and I want it to be Boba Fett but so far our buddy Turbo here 
has provided me with the best second runner outcome. I completely agree. I'd be pretty fucking stoked to see Infus Nest again. So I can't hate that idea. I still think and hope it's Boba, but that is a excellent runner up. <laughs> I gotta say, I've never tried Vegemite. Me neither. But I'm down. But I bet old Jeff Bezos can send me some Vegemite. Yeah, and, and I would love to see what you could do with it too. Like, yeah, if if you have time to put I'm together, down. like, um, you know what we'll do? Put together like Will's quarantine cooking spectacular. You know what I'm saying? Right on. A few recipes. We'll Make your beans and rice. Yeah, like you, a spaghetti dish. Yeah, you put us together something like that. And not only will we throw it up on Patreon, we'll put it up on the regular feed, too, to give you guys a little taste of the magic that is cooking with Will. And, you know, everybody can have a little extra something to listen to. Maybe get some ideas of what to cook at home. And, you know, it, it's it, it's so soothing. Cooking with Will is soothing because Will's like, hello and welcome to the next episode of Cooking with Chef Will. Today we're going to be talking about mother sauces. It's great. It's it is great. it's hard, you know. I sometimes I feel ridiculous, but I I and then sometimes I'm like, you just got to lay it down, you just got to put it down, dude. That's that's the trick with doing a solo episode is getting past the feeling of being ridiculous and just getting in the zone. I think you do a really good job with them. So well, thank you. I I appreciate that. All right, guys, we got one more message. Thank you so much to everybody. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. I am still a little embarrassed, but it means more than you guys will ever know. And this is from our good buddy, Evan DeCellis. Good evening, guys. I haven't written in in a while, but I thought what better occasion to do say than your birthday, Halls. Happy birthday. I'll keep this short. I hope your birthday is filled with baby raccoons, some Texas Day Brazil level meats, a Boba Fett film slash series announcement, a lost Disney Plus sequel series, and a clip of Jean-Claude Van Damme beating the shit out of Steven Seagal, all wrapped in one. Happy birthday, my friend, Evan. Oh my goodness. Did you hear all those things? That man knows you well. He does. And if I could craft a birthday present, they would come no better. No, no. Dude, oh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. A Boba Fett film series and a Lost sequel series. My goodness, could those be Would I be excited about either Wrapped of those prospects? In a JCVD Steven Seagal beatdown. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Man. You know how, oh, speaking of Evan, you know how uh his favorite one of his favorite characters at least is Mace Windu. So when I watched Clone Wars last week, I was like, "Oh, Evan's going to love this." And I texted him, and I was like, hey, have you seen Clone Wars yet? And he was like, no, I've actually been waiting for this whole arc to come out so I could sort of binge it all and have like a nice little chunk of Star Wars. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I won't tell you anything, but you're really going to like it. And he was like, Mace Windu? And I was like, uh, maybe. I'm not going to say anything. But yeah, Evan really dug that part too. All right, guys, that does it. We're done. I feel like I should wish you a happy birthday. Well, you thank know, you, buddy. A very happy birthday, Hawes. I appreciate and it. And I know you got some things to go do. You got some groceries to eat, so I would uh, <laughs> let you go do your thing. I got a little uh, sanitizing to do, a little groceries to eat. I got to play a couple of hours of the new Animal Crossing before we recorded, and it was, it is delightful. It, it really helped lift my mood and my anxiety a little bit, so... If uh, you guys need me this weekend, I'll be on my couch. I'll be playing some (laughs) 
You know where you can find him. You can find me on my couch, drinking soda pops, smoking some weeds, playing some Animal Crossing, playing some Dragon Quest XI, and playing some Final Fantasy XIV. That's what I'm going to be doing. I hope all you guys are safe, you're sound. I know things are fucked up right now, but take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Watch out for yourselves, watch out for each other. If you need me, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, I don't know. I could tell you a dick or a fart joke. I'll do my best. We love you guys. Take care of yourselves. I know I've said that a bunch. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. May the and force. I'm well <laughs> may the force now more than ever. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.